Well, it's great to be with you this morning. Uh, praise the Lord for the opportunity to be with you in chapel. Uh, I love being at Ambassador Baptist College. I do. I love being here. Love our students. Love the, the faculty. Just the whole nine yards. Just thank God for it. It's a great blessing to be here and appreciate you very much. Not sure why I got assigned uh, midterm week. I, I don't know if there's a reason for that. I don't have any jokes about midterms. Uh, the only thing I can say is praise God, they're almost over. You know, there you go. So there you go. Take the word of God and turn to Psalm 27 and find verse 14. Psalm 27 and verse 14. If you could stand with me as we read God's word today, Psalm 27 and verse 14. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Father, thank you so much for these young people. What a blessing they are to us. What a privilege just to be around them almost every day of the week. And Lord, I know this is midterm week. I'm very aware of that. But Lord, this is a time that you want to speak to us. Lord, help us just to put aside uh, what is before us and what's behind us and just be still and let you speak. Lord, I, I need the Spirit of God to quicken and to help me to be a blessing to these young people we love. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So my senior year in high school, I was checking out this Christian college, and so we went there, and there's like a, a get acquainted time that you come, and so they met with us to give us their sale pitch. And they said, now listen, you need to come to our school. Our school is like a shoe factory. We repair the sole and we turn them out in pairs. I thought, whoa, <laughs> that sounds good. So I said, sign me up. So I came to that school and, you know, Freshman year, sophomore, the years began to pass. The soul part was going really well. Uh, the pair part uh, wasn't working. And I couldn't understand that. I, I saw some of my friends, you know, getting serious and getting engaged and, and uh, getting married. In fact, my roommate, he was, he was going steady with three girls at one time. Now, of course, they didn't know that. And I thought, Lord, I just want one. And, and he's got three. Uh, by the way, by the way, that didn't go well. That didn't work out for him. So he went from three to zero. Somehow they all found out and they had a little meeting and they, they dumped him big time. So um, I'm moving along. And so they didn't help at school. And the preacher boys, they said, guys, you need to get a wife. You know you have to have a wife in the ministry. I know, I know, I know. You need to get a wife. While you're here on campus, get a wife. Well, it's not like you go to the bookstore and pick one out. <laughs> so um, I thought, what, what is going on? And they said, you're not going to get a church if you don't have a wife. You know what? They were right. They were really right. This pastor came to me my senior year and is interviewing me. And I don't know, he just came, by, came to my dorm room. I, I don't know how that happened. And he said, um, so we're really interested in you coming to serve. He said, so <clears throat> when will you be getting married? I said, well, um, I'm not you're not engaged? No. Are you going steady? 
Well, well, not exactly. Uh, are you dating somebody? I said, well, I guess. He said, well, do you know any girls? I said, well, yes, I know some girls. He said, well, could you ask one of them? I said, hmm. I had tried. It's not like I wasn't trying. You know, I, I had tried. But you know what? I, I almost felt like going to the business office and said, could I get a half refund because part of the deal didn't work out. <laughs> so... But I didn't do that. And so I graduated uh, without the other pair, the other shoe. But you know what? That was God having me wait. because, And then I didn't get a church either because I didn't have a wife. But I went to Louisville, Kentucky to serve in a ministry, teaching a Bible college and in a Christian day school, and then teaching at the school there was a young lady named Martha Askren. And I met her, and I went and asked her. It was really crazy the first time. You see, the school I went to, you never really asked somebody face-to-face for a date. You just wrote a note, and you sent them in a note system, and then they would answer back by note. So I never really had asked somebody face-to-face, and so I didn't know how to do it. And so she was a teacher in third grade, so I just thought I'd go ask her in front of her class. So I just went to her class... <laughs> And I just asked her, and so she, she said yes. And the kids, they, I don't know, they were going, Ooh. But she said yes, and then <clears throat> we didn't get married. There's another story about our courtship. That's another story. I have to tell you that another time. Make sure I tell you the story and not my wife, because <laughs> there, there are two versions to that story. My point this morning from God's Word is to wait. Hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. God had me wait, and you know what? I'm glad I did. I could not have found a better wife. She is my best friend. She's the love of my life. Not only that, we minister together. We're a team. We have always been a team in ministry. Uh, Every ministry we've had, we, we go swimming together, uh, she writes my sermons. No, 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 she doesn't do that. But we, we are a team. So God had me wait for the best, for the best. And so did you notice something about the verse? It starts with the same phrase, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. That's like a sandwich. You got two, two ends, wait, wait. And so that, that means there's something important here when he emphasizes no one likes waiting. No one likes waiting. I, I, don't, I can't think of anyone who said, listen, I want to go to the doctor's office because I just enjoy waiting. I just enjoy seeing there waiting. No one likes waiting. No one wants to stand in line. No one likes waiting in traffic. Boy, I tell you what, for a small, relatively small town, Shelby can have some traffic where you have to wait and wait and wait. And no one likes that. But I tell you, when you look in God's Word... You look back at some of the men in, in the Old Testament. God had them in the time of waiting. For instance, Moses. He took him on the backside of the desert, and he was there for 40 years before he used him to lead Israel out of, out of Egypt. Waiting, waiting. Abraham was told it when he was 75 years old that he would be the father of a great nation. 25 years later, Isaac was born. He had him wait. He had him wait. See a pattern here? David was anointed king of Israel. So the next day they had the big coronation, right? No. 
There was time in... Here's one thing that's going to be a challenge for young people. When you know the what of God's will, but you have to wait on the when. The what and the when have to go together. And we think when we know the what, we've got to make the what happen yesterday. And God's going to call you to do something, but between the what and the when, He's got a lot of things He needs to do in you. Like uh, the Lord had to really work in me so I would be a a better husband. I think right out of college, I probably wouldn't have been a good husband. In fact, I'd have been a bad one. And so there's wait. And so David here had to wait to become king. Our Lord was crucified, and they put him in a tomb. Three days later was his resurrection. It wasn't the next day. Um, The disciples were told to go to Jerusalem and to wait for the Holy Spirit to come, to wait. So uh, many times God calls us to wait, to wait, to wait. And you might be, if you're not there yet, you will be. Let's just call it God's waiting room. You're going to be there, and he's not punishing you. He's not forsaken you. Quite the contrary. He's working in your life. The waiting is part of his will. And you need to learn that's an important principle. Every time I've spoken in chapel, I've tried to preach about something I think you need to learn before you go out in service. Last spring, I talked about seeking God. Last time I talked to you, I talked about trusting but you know what? If you don't do those two, this is like number three. If you don't have one and two in place, three's not going to happen. If you don't trust him, you're not going. You're not. You're going to have a hard time waiting. A hard time waiting. So let's let's go to the waiting room. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, these labs. Like I used to go to Quest, is a type of lab a lot, and they they have a kiosk there, and you go check in. You have to register, or you go to a receptionist. So let's, let's register here in this waiting room. And it says, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That name's used 12 times in, the, in these 14 verses, two times in this verse. Two times in this verse. The Lord, Jehovah, the existing one, the one true God. And so when things, do not, when things don't happen, remember who you're waiting on. Remember who it is. This is Jehovah. This is God. And, and you're, you're waiting because you trust Him. And again, if you don't trust Him, your waiting is going to be miserable. It's going to be miserable. Remember who you're waiting on. And either you're going to trust Him to be faithful or you're not. You know what our real problem is? We want to be in control. We want to have control over what's happening, and we want to have control over when it's happening, And so, as a believer, I'm really not in control. The steps of a good man are what? What do you finish the verse? The steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Not by me. Now, here's what's going to happen in the waiting room if you're not careful. You're going to, uh, boy, that numbers are really big. You can't miss a time here, can you? It's huge. When you're waiting, there's a tendency to worry. You're saying, so, so Lord, when is that wife coming? <laughs> uh, when is that ministry going to happen? And you worry. You, you understand that worry is a lack of faith, and a lack of faith is just, let's just call it what it is, all right? Let's just call it what it is. It's sin. And when you're waiting and you're worrying, you're not trusting God. And so you're all worried. You're, 
Oh, I wonder what's going on. Or here's something else we'll do. We'll whine. Oh, all my friends have a wife, and oh, man, they're getting married, and they're going out. And, with. and so we want, we're whiners. We feel sorry for ourselves. Oh, I'm not getting this, or what's going on, or what's not going on. And so you, you either worry or you whine. Then there's another thing that we do, which is just as wrong. We try to work it out. We try to make it happen. Isn't that what Abraham did? He got tired of waiting, so he said, well... Well, it was his wife that really got the ball rolling, but said, we can work this out. Don't try to force God's will. Well, God's called me to preach, so I'm just going to work it out. Well, I'll, I'll get a church. And you know what? You can do that. You really can. There are ways you can do that. And uh, if you don't wait on God's will, you're, you're going to be miserable, and so will everybody else. Don't try to work. Don't try to make things happen, whether it's finding a, a spouse or a ministry, or whatever it is. Don't try to make it happen. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I tell couples that, you know, they're getting married. I said, resist the temptation to try to go to have everything that your parents have and go deep in debt. Wait on the Lord. Let the Lord provide. Learn to wait. Learn to wait. And so we, we don't respond correctly when God has us in this waiting room. Let me tell you some reasons why you can't uh, be confident and wait on him. One of all, one is he cares. Remember what 1 Peter 5, 7 says? Casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he does what? He cares for you. He really cares. I mean really cares. I don't have the vocabulary that's sufficient to describe to you how much God loves you. He cares for you. And he, because I know he cares, I can wait. He's not trying to hurt you. Actually, he's trying to help you. He's not trying to hinder you. He's helping you. And so the cross cries out. He, cry, he cares. No one, no one cares for you like Jesus. You can wait on somebody that really cares. He cares for you. Not only does he care, he bears. Uh, his care goes beyond concern. And like I said in 1 Peter, he said, casting all your care upon you. He's your burden bearer. And the waiting room is not wasted time. He's preparing. He's preparing. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. He bears nothing. And while you're waiting, saying, this is not going to happen. This, uh, you know, this is not, um, not going to fall into place. You underestimate the power of your God. You do. So he cares. Remember he cares. Remember he bears. And uh, you can share with him. Remember, remember the king Hezekiah when he got those letters from Sennacherib, remember that? Remember what he did with them? He took them up there, he laid them out before the Lord, and he said, here's what's going on, and God heard. And while you're in the waiting room, this is a good time to really draw close. This waiting time will either push you away or pull you closer. Let it pull you closer. And you know, when you're sitting in the waiting room in the doctor's office, there's not a whole lot to do. You know, you're just reading the magazines and whatever, counting the ceiling tiles or, you know, uh, counting how many babies are crying, uh, all kinds of stuff. But in this waiting room, he's with you. And it's not inactive time either. He's with you and he's doing something through you. And while you're waiting, you just don't sit over there and pout. You do what God wants you to do while you're waiting. So um, register, then rest in him. Rest. 
it says that, go back there, takes be of good courage. You can rest in him. Be confident. He's working your behalf. You know what he's doing? There's a reason why you're, he's having you wait. When he's preparing. You're being prepared for God's supply. God is preparing you for what's coming. And you're not ready. I wasn't ready to get married right out of college. I wasn't. Spiritually, emotionally, uh, I wasn't ready. But God readied me. And so he's preparing you. He's proving. He's proving. Someone has said, no clouds, no showers. And God will show you something. There's something that he wants to show you about himself that you will never see until you come to the waiting room. Look at Abraham. Now, I know, I know he got off kilter, but what a miracle. The birth of Isaac was a miracle. He had to wait for that birth, but that birth was miraculous. And when you wait, you'll see something that God wants to show you of himself. Just wait. Just wait. And know that God is going to do something great. Nothing's too hard for him. Never stop waiting. And so uh, work, he's working on your behalf. There's preventions to delays aren't denials. Uh, he's protecting you sometimes from the unknown. And it's not time to go that place. Uh, your mission field's not ready for you yet. Uh, on and on we can go. And so there's some protection there. And so rest in him. He's working on your behalf. He will meet your need. He will meet your need. Turn over a few pages to chapter 37, to Psalms 37 and verse 7, 37, 7. Rest in the Lord. Wait. Ah, there it is. Patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his ways because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. He will meet your needs. He will meet your needs. And waiting is not like you're just sitting over there like a bump on a pickle and you're not doing anything. Waiting is you, you are actively walking with God. You're working for God. You're not, you're not passive. It means you're patient. The, the waiting, we just think like waiting is like, okay, I'm saying this long line and I'm not losing my cool. I'm waiting. That's not what we're talking about. You're, you're patient. Click the idea of the word patient with the waiting. You're, you're patient with him because you know he's able. You know what he's doing. And so worry's not needed. We've talked about that already. He's working and he'll meet your need. You don't, you don't need to be worried. Go back to our, our text here in, in Psalm 27. Way in the Lord be of good courage. He shall strengthen thine heart. There's relief. He'll strengthen your heart. He's there with you. The only one that can minister, really, really, really minister to the heart is the Lord himself. And sometimes in the waiting time, your, your heart is heavy. There's no question about it. Because you thought, you know, God's really called me to do this, and, and, and I thought, you know, I'm graduating, I thought all the doors would swing wide open, and it looks like I'm in a, a, a waiting period, and uh, I, I'm a little discouraged about, by that. But look in Psalm 46, in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
And so what you need for your heart during that waiting time, he'll give it to you. He will give you the needs of your heart. Like, I mean, friends can encourage us, and sometimes he uses friends, but really the bottom line is he's the one that does that. And then he protects us. He protects us in his will. Verse 11 of, of that same chapter, 46, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And so here's some resources for your waiting. Obedience. Just obey. Obey. Uh, unquestionably, trustingly, obey. Re- realize the Lord's ability. Nothing, nothing's too hard. You think, the longer I wait, the harder it's going to be for this to happen. Are you kidding? You're, you sound like Abraham, you know. The days are passing. We're past the time of childbearing. Yeah, but you're not the pa- past the time of God doing a miracle. And you don't think, well, so much time, this is, this is getting, my opportunity is getting away. No, it's not. Your waiting time is not wasted time. It's a time of wonder. Realize the Lord's ability. And, and he will do what he needs to do in time. Patience in his timing. Uh, the Lord could have created the world in one day. He really could have. But he took six days. He took six days to, for creation. And, um, and so you need to be, wait on his timing. Be patient. Be patient in his timing. Be patient. And be prayerful. This is a time for you to, uh, to let God work in your heart. This is a time for you to let God draw you close to himself. This is a time for you to uh, make sure that you are where you need to be with him. Be patient. Be patient. Wait, wait, wait. And so let me, let me walk through those things again that I mentioned earlier <clears throat> that you need to be careful of. Be careful of the worry. Be careful of the worry. And worry is, someone said worry is like rocking a rocking chair. Give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. And worry will distract you. It will distract you from your walk. It will distract you from your work with God. Worry is, is a lack of trust in a God that can be trusted. So you gotta, you got to determine, I'm not going to worry, I'm going to trust him. He's got me here in this waiting room for a reason, and I, I am going to trust him through this reason. And then resist the temptation to work it out. Resist that temptation. You, you say, well, I, can, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, and they can work that all out. Let God work things out. Let God work out the details. And just pray. Don't stop praying for these things. I'm not saying you don't pray that God will pro- provide and he'll supply. and He'll. Leave. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is uh, don't worry and don't try to work it out. And then thirdly, <clears throat> don't whine. Don't be a crybaby <laughs> during the time. Don't, um, don't feel sorry for yourself. Trust the Lord. And so let's go back to the passage here. You notice, as I mentioned as we began, it starts with wait and it ends with wait. Wait on the Lord. Now, anytime something's repeated, it's repeated for emphasis because it's important. If your parents have to tell you something several times, uh, it's because it's important. 
uh, your professors, they usually repeat things that are important. And this is an important. On, on both sides of this verse is the admonition to wait on the Lord. It, it surrounds the truth in the middle. And you need to surround your life with that concept, I'm going to wait on the Lord. You say, how long should I wait? As long as he wants you to. Uh, God's calendar and yours are not always the same. What you need to do is get on his calendar and not insist that he get on your calendar. And so God's way is right and perfect and his timing is absolute. And so you're, you begin this verse with wait, you end this verse with wait. And you know, there, at any given time in your life, there's going to be a waiting, something that you're waiting on. Really. I don't think, I don't think you say, well, I'm done with that. Everything else is everything's going to work out now. I'm done waiting in life. I don't think so. That's part, of, that's part of how God's work. Some of you are waiting for somebody that you love to be saved. You're praying for them. God's put them on your heart. You keep praying, you keep praying. Well, don't stop uh, praying. Don't stop persevering. Some of you are waiting on God to provide something for you. And there'll be seasons like that throughout your, your life, your ministry, and you'll be waiting. That's a good place. That's a good place to be. Young. That's what I'm trying to show you. That's a good place to be when you're waiting on God, knowing that he will provide, knowing he'll supply, knowing that he'll lead you. And so you may be waiting for uh, direction. You know, when, you're seeing, when I was a senior and I went to my senior year, I thought, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. I really didn't. My only thought was, I really don't want to graduate. Now, I do want to leave tests and quizzes and, and uh, papers. I want to get out of that. I'd like, to, I'd like to stay here, but I don't want to do all that kind of stuff. They didn't, they didn't want to do that. But um, I felt like a, nurse, a little baby bird was being kicked out of the nest. I wasn't ready to leave the nest. And so I didn't know what God wanted me to do. I went through the year. I still didn't know. I told you about the one interview I had, and that didn't go well. And so I kept going, and I graduated. I still didn't know. And I was living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, <clears throat> working in a factory, um, the factory that made candy, put candy in bags. So that was really exciting. But anyway, and so I thought, I'm not sure God called me to put candy in bags, but it's okay, I'm here. But you know what? That summer is when I was contacted and God led me to Louisville, Kentucky. And that's where I met my wife and I ministered there for three years. God's waiting is perfect. And so you, you need to be careful that you don't resent that, that you don't rebel against that, and that you don't try to just circumvent that. Because it's important. It's part of what God has for you. It's part of what God wants to show you. He's got some great things uh, to give you. And he wants to do that. So, how are you, and I'm sure if we went up and down the road, almost without exception, you're, there's something that you're waiting on from God. I want to encourage you to be patient. I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord. Would you do that? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for encouraging me, reminding me that you're, you're worthy and we can wait on you. Lord, I just pray that uh, you'd speak to our hearts. I know you have. Help us, Lord, to 
let go, just be, just be confident, be still, and trust you as we wait on you. Pray that these young people will respond to the Spirit of God right now in Jesus' name.